And the death toll is mounting in Morocco. Certainly you've seen the uh, images over the last couple of days, but um, shocking, 2,500 have now been killed, thousands more injured, and about 300,000 people have been completely displaced. And that all is blamed on the 6.8 magnitude earthquake. And uh, that number will uh, go up, I guess, once rescuers can get into some of the tougher areas to reach. Um, earthquakes are said to be pretty unusual in this area, so maybe they weren't uh, as prepared. And, and, of course, it hit the poorest areas. But so far, and that may be changing, uh, Morocco has only taken up offers of expert search and rescue assistance from a few countries, which is causing some you know, puzzlement among others that are trying to get aid and help to the region. Canada always steps up and into these situations. We've got a pretty good team who does it. It is Raul Singh, Executive Director of Global Medic. Good to have you. Hey, good morning. I think the the worst thing about this earthquake is how shallow it was. Yeah. And that's why it was so devastating. Meaning what? It, it just broke all the infrastructure, but not necessarily... Which is when they're when they're more shallow, they tend to to, to shake more yeah. and they just cause more impact. Like it, it was, you know, it, 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 if it was deeper, it would be you know less impactful. And I think there's a little bit of a blessing that it's in a less populated area. If it's a few hundred miles north and it's in a big city and it's that shallow, it you know it would be even worse. And and don't get me wrong, it's a very ugly situation right now. But you know, it could have been worse. And the other thing mm-hmm. is. The good side of this is logistics are still open, right? Like there's a couple of big cities that still have open markets. You can still inbound with airports being open. You've got a seaport that's open. You can truck in aid from Spain as well. So there's a lot of good upstream logistics capacity into the country to help the affected population and compare that with Haiti back in that earthquake in 2010 where that where everything was impacted, right? So what is the situation? Because generally speaking, uh, your, your group, let's say, first you know, mode of action is get water to the region because you've got to have clean water in order to survive. If you're not going to have food or anything else, keep people clean and healthy with clean water. But what role are you able to play? Um, and is Canada able to get aid to the country or is Morocco still only accepting certain aid? Yeah, so we've got a two-pronged approach, right? Top-down, we've offered their government our drone team. We've offered them water units, and we've offered them family emergency kits. We talked to their ambassadors or the MC team uh, over the weekend. They're going to let us know what their capital says and if they want that aid. Then we've got a grassroots approach. So we've got boots on the ground now. Two of our members are there. They're carrying four water purification units with them to install into hospitals and feeding centers, Mm. uh, you know, to ensure the clean water is available for all. We've also taken over a local cafe in Marrakesh. So we've hired women. They're making uh, small meals. Uh, We're making a few hundred meals a day. We're trying to increase that, right? And then we're giving that food out to people that have lost their homes and to patients at the the local hospital. So it's a small start, but it's something that we're doing Mm. every single day. The team that's there is overseeing that. We want to scale it up. And that team is also going to go and install these water units into, you know, the hospitals that we're working in plus additional feeding centers, you know, because 300 meals a day is great, but we need to put a few zeros behind the end of that. And then we're going to push up into the mountains to deliver aid. So the grassroots effort, honestly, is going to be the one that expands and does more and has more impact. Um, We'd love to be able to get more of our technical teams in, but we're just going to focus on getting the right aid out. Yeah. And and, um, I mean, the reality is once they push into those other regions, uh, the death toll could, could go up. 
um, significantly. Um, they're lucky, I guess, because they haven't had any massive aftershocks, which did more damage. But at, at, at this point, when you're on the ground there and you've got nothing left, it doesn't matter. And so what's the most dangerous, um, Raul, what's the most dangerous phase of an operation like this? Because right now they're still looking for survivors. And we could be in the survivor mode for a week and a half, two weeks, maybe pulling people out of rubble. Hopefully they can f- find more people. But what is the most dangerous part of um, any kind of operation like this, uh, you know, for the people on the ground who have nothing? Yeah, I think right now you always worry about the aftershocks. And then there's, there are rescue teams still trying to pull survivors, right? So you want to give them as much support as you can. And the best way to do that is by taking care of everybody else, right? So by making sure that everyone has access to clean drinking water, you event, you know, the outbreaks of waterborne disease, which would even further overwhelm the hospital. By ensuring that people have access to food, like just local comfort food, you know, you're keeping them fed. Um, which is all the stuff that we've got to do, but the transition is going to be really hard. Like the local hospitals are overwhelmed. They've popped up a couple of field hospitals already. There's a ton of patients with polytrauma type injuries that are being, that are being brought out. But think of the 300,000 that are affected, right? Like, what is it going to be, 100,000, 150,000 that will really have nowhere to go, no family, um, you know, to go and stay with? And they're going to either try and rebuild, stay in a tent right by their house, um, and then try and rebuild or where they're going to end up. So that's who we really got to focus on. And, uh, you know, the needs are incredible, as you can imagine. Yeah. And why is it? Is it just politics of why they are only using certain countries? Well, I think the the initial part is uh, this, the type of teams that they asked for, um, the, the urban search and rescue unit. So, you know, I, I, it could be politics on, on who they accept and who they don't. I mean, let's just put politics aside for a moment and just focus on, you know, keeping people alive and getting them the assistance in, right? So they've accepted those specialty teams. We've offered them immediate assistance plus longer-term assistance, so it would make sense that their government takes a little bit of time to figure out how to best deploy the assets that we've offered, right? Um, And then on the grassroots level or the ground-up level, you know what, like, Everybody there is trying to help, right? So every business owner, every truck owner, you know, they're trying to help. Like when our team landed, the folks that brought us into Marrakesh, they wouldn't even take money from us. You know, they brought our team with with gear and trucks because they're just doing their part to help and they know we're there to help. So everyone there will try and help. And that's the part to coordinate the grassroots efforts in, right? And because if you can pump money into that local economy, create jobs, Make sure people are fed. Absolutely ensure that they get clean drinking water. Give them some stability. It's going to turn the tide, right? Yeah. Um, just quickly before I run out of time, how can people help? Is it through yeah, uh, First well, Aid? Or from, yeah, globalmedic.ca. Yeah. Make a donation. We'll turn that donation Perfect. into material aid on the ground and keep people alive. Okay. All right. Well, it's not going to be overnight, certainly, and um, we will watch, I guess, hour to hour as to what happens. Very much appreciated. I know you guys are busy over at the warehouse, so I uh, appreciate it, Raul. I take care. Thank you. That's Raul Singh, and he's with the uh, group Global Medic. And whenever you hear about a situation like this, they are some of the first to run in with help.